This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hi, everybody, and welcome to Philly's Backstage. I'm Tom Burgoyne, joined by... John Brazier. John Brazier, and we are back because uh, we took a week off, John. I decided to take a week off. Here's your son's graduation. Yeah, it was. It was my middle son, Dan, graduated from UCF, University of Central Florida, where, John, they have 68 thousand uh, students at that school. Well, that's yeah. one of the bigger schools, yeah, it right? Was al- it was always behind Arizona State. They would always list it behind that. But now I, now that they're up to 68,000, it might be the largest school in the country. Well, what kid does not want to go to school in Florida? In Florida, yeah. My, my oldest son went to the University of South Florida. They've got only about 58,000 uh, students. But uh, Dan had a great time at UCF. I always tell people, when his freshman year, uh, the, the football team went, um, they didn't win a game. They went 0-12 or whatever. And then two years later, they went undefeated. Right. Do you remember that? I do. You know, they kind of called themselves the number one team. They had a parade down Main Street at Disney World. And uh, uh, so, yeah, they turned that over that quick because I'm like, oh, my God, he's starting as a freshman. They haven't won a game. It's like, this is going to be a bad four years for the football team. And then two years later, they turn it around. So, But we missed a week. Um, yeah, lots happened. Uh, you know, certainly we're – let's see, what's today? It's uh, Wednesday, right, John? Yeah, so, we had, uh, we had uh, Bruce Bochy making his last uh, appearance. <laughs> Yeah. In uh, probably happy that he's made yes. his last appearance in Philadelphia because of one uh, your best friend, Philly the Philly fanatic. I love the fanatic, and he used to love Bruce Bochy. And uh, I think we've told the story before. And it's it's one of those things, John. Like the fanatic does his thing in front of the visitors' dugout, and it's usually just kind of it's for the fans. But a lot of it's kind of inside. Yeah. And, now and listeners have to know Bruce Bochy has an extremely large <laughs> head, a huge head. Right? He's yes. Got, like a it's a very big head, and, big everyone, and, everyone, and everyone knows it. Everybody knows it, especially his own players. Yes, and, and his players love to ask the fanatic to I do think, Bruce yeah, Bucci. Yes, because I think they, you know, they they want to see Bruce, uh, Bucci react, and so they're the ones. It was the Giants players who told the fanatic, you know, look how big his head is, look how big his head. And this is years ago, and uh, so he, the fanatic would always do a routine where he would, you know, make it look like he's got a big head, and he'd wobble. He's got from the weight side, of the world on the top of his head. The weight of the world on top of his neck, and then he'd fall down head first, and then try to lift his head up off the ground, but slam back down because he just can't get up. And then finally, the fanatic would get up, and then he'd fall down on the other side, and <laughs> and it was just this whole thing, and the uh, the play Players would just sit on the top bench and go crazy. And, and what was it. Bruce Bochy's reaction to this? <laughs> he has a great poker face. That guy should play poker, John. I mean, he's got a great poker face. So he would just sit there and watch, you know. So uh, this was his last visit to Philadelphia. Uh, we wanted to do something special anyway, beyond the Fanatics. So we uh, had Dan Baker um, make an announcement. And we told the umpires, hey, when, when Bochy comes out to do the li- exchange lineup cards, keep him out there because we want to acknowledge that. Listen, John, he, he spent 12 years with San Diego and then another 12 years with um, San Francisco. 
He won over 1,900 games. He's Two 11, World Series. Uh, three World three Series. Three World Series, right. Uh, which is funny. You know, that uh, first World Series for the Giants was the first time the Giants had ever won a World Series in San Francisco. You kind of forget that. So right. he brought San Francisco their first, not only their first, but their next two. Do you know, in San Diego, uh, San Diego, he, uh, they started in 1969. The four times they went to the playoffs, or five times, he took them four out of the five times to the playoffs. So great manager, you know, 11th all-time. So we make the announcement. Well, the Fanatic had a little surprise for him. You know those big fat heads we do? And we put them on a stick. Yep. And we want to honor, you know, on Jim Tomey night, we, we hand out the big fat heads on a stick. We took a Shane Victorino head, fat head, and we uh, printed out a huge picture of Bochy's head and stuck it on the fat head. And then on the reverse side, we put the Fanatic's head of the fat head. So when he was out there doing, getting honored, you know, uh, shedding a tear, you know, he wasn't shedding a tear, but an emotional moment because he's tipping his cap when he turned around there's the fanatic standing there with a fat head with his head right in front of you know blocking the fanatic's face you know he kind of had this head on a stick and then tur- the fanatic turned it around and showed him the other side which was a fanatic head that is the gift that the fanatic gave why to does the Bruce fanatic Bunchy? torture longtime <laughs> west coast managers i mean tommy lasorda, lasorda uh, and now you've got bruce, bruce Bochy. why does the fanatic does he have something against the west coast yeah of course he does Fanatic's all East Coast, John. He's all East Coast. And, you know, the, the laid-back guys, just not a big fan of the West Coast scene. So uh, it was funny. When Bochy then walked back to the dugout, the Fanatic, for the final time, did his Bruce Bochy impersonation, and he got so into it. He got so into slamming his head back and forth on the ground cause from the weight. I walked away with a, a slight concussion. <laughs> you did? Really? I don't know how that works, but the wow. Fanatic was so into it that somehow when I came off the field, you know, and I was watching, uh, I actually was a little dizzy the rest of the wow. night because the Fanatic got so into it. That's how much we Yeah, are. You, you have osmosis, osmosis just was kicking through. Exactly. So, uh, hey, talking about managers, John, a big night tonight because, and we've said this how many times on the podcast, one of our favorite player uh, guys we've met in baseball in our over 50 years of experience is back tonight charlie Manuel. it'd be uh, very interesting uh love charlie i mean you can see all the media right now we're right before the press conference yep video dan's Um, out there getting ready to uh you know hit the batting cage um you know with with charlie will be out there and with all the players and it you know what it's not that radical of an idea certainly right john because he's down there in spring training he's around been uh you know a special assistant to the general manager um you know, uh, so players know him. They know his style. Uh, Charlie, I think, has been, you know, uh, sharing his uh, hitting philosophies, uh, you know, over the years with our players. So, uh, you know what I think, too? It's, a, it's, it's Charlie has not, not just in baseball, but in in life. He has a way of disarming everybody, of making everyone relax. And like I, you just feel good when you're around Charlie because he's just he's just that guy that you want to gravitate towards. I, I just told the story the other night that uh, when he was a manager. Um, you know, most managers, you know, again, I've been through, Fregosi was the first one, and then, you know, Francona and Bowen, we've had a lot. Most managers, when they come through the clubhouse, the players, you know, they, they try to, you know, not be seen by the principal, right? They want to be invisible. Charlie was the only manager I saw that was the exact opposite. He'd come in, and the players would vie for his attention. Hey, Charlie, you got to come over here. You see, check this out. Charlie, Charlie, mm-hmm. what do you think about this? Charlie, you got to hear the story. And that, you know, that's the way he is. He just, he's that just guy that you want to be around. No doubt. And hopefully it's going to relax these guys and, and get, you know, obviously they're going to get the hitting uh, tips and, and uh, you know, 
he's probably the the biggest hitting guru out there, right? But I think more importantly, it's just going to get these guys to relax and hopefully. Um, and he, he's one of my. I've been I've done a lot of things with Charlie. I took him down when we won the World Series in two thousand eight. Uh, the the baseball coach from UVA wanted Charlie to come down to speak to the team, right? Because Charlie grew up forty five minutes from Charlottesville. So I bring uh, Charlie down. I was the MC. And when I introduced Charlie, Charlie gets up there. He spent like <laughs> half an hour talking about growing up in the area and how he played. You'd go over and play pickup basketball at the gym, at UVA's gym, and this and that. And the, after a while, the, the Virginia baseball coach Brian O'Connor said, "Hey, John, um, can, you think he's going to get started talking about the '93 team or the, about, the, about the 2008 team?" I was like, "Ah, yeah, he'll get there in time. If he doesn't, if he doesn't, if he doesn't wrap this, you know, other stuff up in a couple minutes, I'll I'll try to nudge him, right?" Yeah, yeah. So just that's Charlie, right? He just yeah, yeah, loves yeah. telling stories. And my sorry, my favorite line of Charlie, and he says this sometimes at banquets. You know, Charlie was one of eleven kids. Eleven right? kids, John. and I think he was the oldest, right? He was the, was old, he the oldest. I out think of eleven. I think he was the oldest oh, of eleven. And there was a lot of that. girls, and and he would say, he said, "I tell you what." He goes, I, "I tell you what." He goes, "I grew up. I grew up poor, man. I grew up one of them. First of eleven. He goes, uh, I grew up so poor. First time I got, uh, first time I slept alone was when I got married." <laughs> I love that line too. <laughs> I mean, I, I just, I, yeah. I mean, the guy is, I, I, I know. the pure love for that guy. I, I really do. I love yeah. Charlie Manuel, one of my all-time favorite people. And the city loves him. And uh, I just, I, when I think of Charlie, I think of spring training, and he'd always come into the the press area where we always have lunch and just raid the hot dog bin and the hamburger. But bin. you have to explain <laughs> that because the reason why, because now we have the nutritionist in yes. the clubhouse, so yes. the players and coaches. Well, the players really have to eat organic food and healthy food. They can't eat. So yeah. they don't. The, the guys like old school guys like Boa and, yeah. and Larry and those guys, like they don't want to eat down there. So they no. come into the press area and, and steal they'll, all the hot and, dogs. And it's so funny because, as you said, Charlie comes in in his uniform and yeah, Larry yeah. comes in his uniform and he kind of makes a stop, talks to people, everyone, everyone again, vying for his attention. Yep. And then he'll eventually, after he talks to everybody, small talks, he'll, he'll make himself a little hot dog in full uniform <laughs> and then take it. it into the coach's room. It's awesome. Uh, it's great. And, and you know, uh, just back to the baseball part of it in terms of um, Matt, I thought was great yesterday. And also saying, you know, we, we all love Charlie, but this is a temporary thing, right? He's right. coming in uh, just for the remainder of the season, and hopefully it's a season that lasts through October. Um, but I, I don't think there's any, um, you know, Charlie's not interested in managing the team next year or, uh, you know, I think taking it really beyond, you know, you know this. I know, I know the fans go down that road, but um, you know this really is just something I think, like you said, just to relax the players. Um, you know, give them. Uh, but if you think about it, like in Philadelphia, uh, I mean, you've got the, um, you know, you've got the the seventy three, seventy four, seventy four, seventy five Flyers, yeah. right? Uh, who are legends in this town? Bernie Perrant, right. right? Bobby Clark, all these guys. Uh, Charlie's, you know, another icon in this town. You got Julie Serving. You got yeah. so he's one of those. He's like on that Mount Rushmore of icons in Philadelphia. I know, and that's right? why everybody's pumped. You right. know, just to, just to have him back around. Uh, you know, where the the general fans and we've been able to see him again. He's been behind the scenes a little bit, but just to have him out there again is going to be great. So. Uh, is the fanatic going to be doing anything for uh, Manny Machado? This That's uh, right. weekend because the Padres coming are coming out. in town. Yeah. Does, does the know, Fanatic have any? Uh, I will say the Atlanta guy, Blooper, is their mascot. He's new. He was new last year, Blooper. And uh, did you, you remember what he did with Harper and Machado? You know, he had yes, him the as, big check. Yeah, signed big checks. He'd tear it away. It was actually a check made out the Blooper. Yes. So Blooper made like six hundred and thirty million dollars this year so, <laughs> from checks. Was that a Fonzie scheme? <laughs> <laughs> nice. Very good. But uh, yeah, Machado. Eh, we'll have to see. Yeah, Machado. And you know what? We have we have a lot of celebrities. Coming to town, 
like we have today. Yeah, today. we have a guy named Morgan Wallen, who's a country star, who's coming yes. down to watch batting practice. That's right. We have a boxer, Danny Garcia, right, uh, who's coming in to Diplo. Uh, we have Diplo performing. Performing Thir- the again. We're recording this on Wednesday. Yep. Diplo is going to maybe take batting practice with the team tomorrow and then perform afterwards. Uh, we also have uh, Ringo Starr and, the, and his all-star band are uh, p- performing tonight, yes. uh, Wednesday. Thursday, some of the guys uh, are coming down. One is guy, Ringo coming well, to the, the game? He's not coming to the oh, game. I wish he was. How but awesome one of the guys, uh, the drummer, I think his name is Greg Bissonette, uh, was in Spinal Tap. He was also in ELO and a couple mm. other bands. He's coming to the game. Um, and I think the guy from Picking Up the Pieces, or I'm sorry, the Average White Band, who sang Picking Up is it right? Picking up pieces. Uh, Picking up the pieces. Pick the piece. Yeah, pick up the pieces. Picking up the pieces. Cut the yeah. cake. Yeah, yeah. Cut the cake. Well, <laughs> that's another cake. song. Yeah, 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 yeah. Both. Right. It's a Scottish guy. So yeah. yeah no, look at that. So. And tonight. And again, I know this probably won't air uh, until tomorrow at least. But uh, it's Nacho Row night. You know, so the broadcasters are going to be sitting right behind the home team dugout. I know the fanatic can't wait because he's got something in store for them. I mean, oh, that's sure. That's fanatic territory. So these guys are going to, you know. But I love it. It's uh, Nacho who, who, Row. Who named that Nacho Row? That's, I don't that's know. brilliant. It, it might be. It might be a Jeff Hallickman That's a good one. I like uh, it. That's good. You got Kruk down there. Uh, but they are going to be bringing uh, special guests throughout the um, uh, game tonight are going to be joining the broadcast, including one of our favorites, Chris Wheeler, is going to be in the house Wheels. tonight. Yeah, nice. Yeah, yeah. So that's going to be cool. So a lot going on. A uh, lot going on, too, with Phillies backstage because we have the great Kevin Camasholi coming in, John. He is, uh, well, he, you know, he works with Video Dan. Uh, he works in the player video um, you know department and you know some of the stuff that he's involved in is great so a really interesting guy can't wait to ask him about yeah. instant replay because that's that's been the that's really kind of a key job part of his it's job a huge job so um, we're gonna have Kevin come in uh, right after this and we are back Billy's backstage and Kevin Camasoli has joined uh, us John Camasoli <laughs> oh what happened Let's start up. Let's get this right. He did the same thing with Michelle D. McCarris. Oh, my God. Two in a row. Take two. Cut. <laughs> no, no, All right. No, no, that's no, being left no, in there. No, no, no. That's Come left on, in there. Hey, boy. Tom? That's you, you know? You know uh, who do we have, Tom? Kevin Camasholi. <laughs> I thought no. you said this was a top Kevin Camasholi's with us. Hi. Yeah, top podcast. Kevin, Look just, at your co-host. Just to Let's let you it. know, Kevin, I knew your last name. Oh, come on. <laughs> this is great. Oh, look at see we drug you up I from the basement. Er- I came in early for this. <laughs> and we've been ripping on your facial yeah. hair and No, uh, I love you know. his facial hair. No, you it's, right. it's a good look. Oh, All right, boy. explain to the look. listeners who we got here. My yeah. life, my life. Well, Kevin Camasholi, of course, there it is. Uh, is here. Uh, he's got facial hair. Uh, he's a master guitar player. He's got uh, Al Roboski facial hair. We're going to get into mm-hmm. <laughs> that's what he, Fu Manchu. We're going to get into what Kevin does because it's really cool. Uh, and actually, one of the coolest things is Replay Man. That's what we call him, Replay Man. So, uh, I thought if, he was the, de- the decider. Wasn't that yeah. your name? The decider. Tom, have you done any pre prep? <laughs> <laughs> I've known you for 20-odd years. <laughs> I know. No, I mean, he, he's the guy when you're sitting at home and you're yelling at the TV screen, like, he's out. He was clearly out. And then when you hear that uh, we're not going to challenge, it's all 
Kevin's fault. So um, we're going to get into we're that. We're going to totally bit. get into it because that is a that's a pressure job, man. And don't, you don't have to comment. We'll get back into that because it's, yeah, yeah, it's very cool. It's, it, but, you know, I know it's Kevin Camisholi, but I do not know the story on how he got hired. Apparently there's a story, and I'd, I'd really like to actually hear well, it. Well, th- there is. It's, uh, it's kind of funny, especially looking back and everything worked out. Um, you know, uh, it was 1996. Well, hold on. You grew up uh, in Avalon, right? I grew, grew up, up in Avalon. Down Ab- the shore. Haddonfield in Avalon, New Jersey. Yep. Okay. Um, you know, the, uh, 1996, I'm, you know, looking for a job. And the short of it was I had a friend who uh, was friends with uh, uh, Dan Stevenson. Video, video Dan. Dan. Video yeah. Dan. We all know him. And uh, this is the part where, you know, it gets a little funny. Um, I did get an interview with him at the ballpark, Veterans Stadium. And I'll never forget, I walked out of the house being like, I'm going for an interview at the ballpark. I just walked out of the house. Um you know, I met Dan. We, he brought me down to the home dugout, and I remember just sitting there being like, wow, I'm in the home dugout at Veterans Stadium. And he's asking me questions. I'm like, yeah, 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 whatever, whatever, whatever. And he's like, well, do you have your resume? And it was like, it was like a movie. Everything came to a screeching halt because <laughs> right. I forgot it. <laughs> and then, you know, uh, with video, area, uh, video, you have uh, production reel. He's like, well, do you have your, your production reel? And I was like, oh, man, I, I forgot that too. <laughs> and... I was amazed. I, I, at that point, I kind of looked down and made sure I had my pants on because I was just, I just, <laughs> I just left the house. I was so excited to go be going to the ballpark, and he, was, he just looked at me. He's like, "Do you have anything to show me?" And I'm like, "No." And it's like, at that point, I was like, oh, "I blew this." And he goes, "Well, Dan's like, you're hired." He goes, "Well, can you be here tomorrow?" And I said, "Yes." And uh, <laughs> he did say, Dan, "Video Dan did say you were central casting for Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure <laughs> when you came in. That you were the surfer guy, like from the Jersey Shore." Yeah, something like that. So, but you know, uh, in, in his defense, you know, there was a, uh, you know, he did. There was there was a line of how he knew me of, of me. Uh, wasn't I was a, wasn't a complete stranger. Um, so, so then from the get go, what was your responsibilities? And uh, you obviously worked under Dan. But what did he have you doing? Well, at that point, everything was on VHS tapes. So the players all had their own VH- VHS tapes where they would uh, we would record their outings, their at bats, and uh, the pitchers' outings. And um, you know, at that point, we every guy had their own tape. We'd pop a tape in, hit record, hit pause in between pitches. Uh, you know, the result of the at bat would happen. We'd pop out the tape and put the next tape in, and um, it was very uh, early on in the video world. Yeah, so just for taping something like that, if somebody, if the pitching coach says, hey, Kevin, can you show uh, the last, I guess back then, Randy Wolf, can you show the last uh, 10 um, batters that, that Randy Wolf faced or can you, can you the last 10 curveballs? I mean, you've got to organize that, but that's VHS tapes. That takes you a long time, right? Right, so the, if a request came, can I see his last, uh, two weeks or last 10 days of curveballs, I'd say, sure, it's going to take me about two weeks, but right. yeah, mm. we'll get it. And yeah. now it's a push of a button, obviously. Now it's press a couple of buttons and it's whatever you want to see and how you want to see it. Everything is computerized and a lot of metadata associated with every pitch. And and uh, back then, Kevin, were uh, the players um, uh, using that technology even back then? Certainly today, more and more players are using, you know, looking at video and studying. Were they were they doing it back then when you started? They were. They were. We would have uh, we had a, a smaller room in Veterans Stadium, and we had about six TVs lined up with these big old VCRs on them. And you'd see guys, you know, I, I can remember they were all sitting there with the the remotes for the VCR. We're going <laughs> frame by frame with the VCR remote, and uh, they they. Everybody watches it to one extent or another. I shouldn't say everybody. About 90% of guys do. Uh, so even back then. Yeah. Now, was that room close to the uh, dugout? Because I know this room that you have at Citizens Bank Park, if guys want to 
in during the game, if they want to see their at bat, right? They can come into your room, they can. see their at bat, and then go back out in the dugout. Could they do that back at the vet? They can, uh, and they could at the Veterans Stadium as well. It was uh, a little bit further than it is here at Citizens Bank, but um, they, they they had the ability. They come up the tunnel right through the uh, clubhouse, through the laundry room, through the weight room, uh, to where the video room was. But it was definitely uh, doable, and it did happen. How often does that happen now? Like when, during a game, you know, obviously you're, you've got replays, you've got a lot of responsibilities, you're videotaping everything, but how often do you get guys wanting to see at bats or pitchers, you know, maybe relief pitchers in there trying to see the batters on the other team? So it works differently for the position. Uh, the positions like the, the hitters, they'll come back at the next half inning. Um, so if they had an at bat, they'll come back and watch their at bat. Uh, a reliever, when they come out of the game, they'll come and watch their outing. Um, you know the hitters are they're more they'll be more inclined to watch than the relievers are um, the and star. the hitters are looking for like patterns from their pitchers and right Pattern, or are they looking at more the, at their own swing itself everything yeah so uh, their own swings patterns of the pitchers um, you know different things that have happened be it a you know a questionable call from an umpire um, yeah so a lot of it has to do with patterns how they're pitching them and their swings mechanics and uh, the break of the ball from the opposing pitcher, you know, what, what the ball is doing. Is it you know, running? Is it a tail on it? Or And most of the players are doing that during the game? They are doing it during the game. Yeah. Obviously, there's a lot that goes on pregame. Right. right. Uh, but then, you know, so you take everything you do pregame into the game and then start kind of cross-checking in-game, seeing what's going on, if things are what you, you know, thought you saw pregame. So. Yeah, and, and how great now, too, is the new room, uh, John, you mentioned, right off the tunnel. And then now we have a bunch of stations, right? I mean, uh, before we didn't have – I mean, how many stations do we have? So we, you can literally have about eight or you know eight guys back there looking at their yes. laptops, and, and uh, uh, it, it's come a long way, right? It's come a long way, sure. I mean, everything, like I mentioned, is, everything is computerized. So mm -hmm. we have six, six to eight uh, viewing stations mm -hmm. that guys can come in and – uh, watch what's going on in the game, and um, you know sometimes it's a full house, and then other, it's like yeah. uh, ebbs and flows in the game. And and you're so. taking that on the road as well, right? We you're taking all that road. equipment. We 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 try to uh, make it so the road is very similar to what we do at home. So uh, obviously at home we're all like uh, all in one computers, uh, desktops, if you will, and then on the road everything is laptops based. So. Uh, we try to make it as seamless as possible. All right. The one guy that I know that uh, listeners and we all know and everyone knows that spent a lot of time, probably the most time in there with you is Chase Utley. Um, what was your relationship with Chase? And, you know, talk about, you know, I know Chase was, the players used to go to Chase to try to get tells from the opposing pitcher, you know, because Chase was a video rat, right? He was in there all the time looking at, uh, trying to get every little advantage. Yes, uh, Chase was a, is a different. Uh, I refer to him as a different bird. Uh, he didn't watch, uh, you know, he he didn't watch TV. He regular TV. He didn't play cards. He didn't do a lot of things. He he watched the video. He'd come in, and, you know, by he get his workout in with the trainers and the strength coach, and then he'd come and watch video for the next, you know, whatever five hours. Uh, he was very good at dissecting the game, dissecting mechanics. He would watch opposing teams' pitchers. He'd watch our pitchers. Um, he'd help our hitters with swing, their swing, and uh, he just had uh, an ability to, uh, you know, find things. Now, the other thing, too, is you're in the room with a lot of these players, so you're, and a lot of it's during the game. So I would have to imagine just sitting there and just absorbing, being a sponge, while you're hearing them make comments, making – like you've got a, you've probably picked up baseball 
better than any of us. You know, we're, we're, we we talk to guys afterwards, or you know, but you're watching it live with these guys that and you're, you're doing your job. But right, aren't you? Haven't you picked up the game like inside baseball more than really anybody because you're hearing what these guys are talking in in time? Uh, there, there's a good chance of that because uh, even you know during the day there's a lot of uh, breaking down of, of pitchers' mechanics and uh, batter swings. Um, you know, you never miss a chance to listen. Um, uh, you know, for, with the guys that end up, they're, they're the best in the world. You know, that's why they're here. And to not listen to what's going on when the, the hitting coach or pitching coach is talking mechanics, uh, it would be foolish. And uh, in the same sense, it'd also be foolish for me to speak up because uh, I've never played anywhere close to this level, and I've never claimed to. But uh, I have learned a lot um, just by listening. And you know, you can still there's and there's still so much to learn. Now, video Dan did tell me that uh, you got in a little bit of trouble because you uh, um, you mentioned made a comment about Bruce Springsteen in a negative manner oh. in front of players, and they jumped all over you. And then didn't video challenge you? Well, th- this this goes back to the uh, my, my early on in my time. Yeah, here. before you started. Yeah, this, this you got was, converted to Bruce. This was like yes, this is like 1997. I before I knew video Dan loved uh, Springsteen as much as he did <laughs> does. Uh, I was more a hard rock guy, uh, Led Zeppelin, ACDC, Van Halen. And uh, I, at the time, I did not understand Bruce, shall we say. And uh, uh, I, I was quite – one of the things Dan told me when I got hired was the best thing you can do is keep your mouth shut. So I was like, all right, well, I can do that. And so about a year, year and a half in, I finally chose one time to speak and say something. And I made a – Ripping Bruce. I ripped Bruce in front of Dan. And, and the players, I, There right? was a couple guys yeah. in the room and uh, – he kind of looked at me like, I don't know. I still can remember the. I can still remember the look. He like he just kicked your do- his dog. dog <laughs> kicked his dog, and now he's gonna tear my head off for kicking his dog. Right. So, it was definitely. Uh, and then he took you to funny. the concert, right? Then he yeah. educated me. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I've been to a number of Springsteen shows since, and uh, you know, listened to him. Uh, a lot. I celebrate his entire catalog, shall we say. Nice. <laughs> well done. I also, did you hear this one too, where right. he, when oh he boy. first started, yeah. he would film uh, spring training out in center field, right from center field, right? Yep. So he's out and he's outside all the time because he's filming these guys. Uh. Well, we, and I won't name the person, but we had a, we had a coach who was new to the team. Pitching coach. Pitching, <laughs> pitching coach. And he made a comment to you like, hey man, you got video guys all tan. What the hell much do you work? Like this. Uh, he, yeah. He's outside he, all the time. He, he was insinuating I wasn't working hard, you know. Uh, for, like for everybody, spending time at the beach in Clearwater. Yes, for everybody, anybody who doesn't know, our, our spring trainings. Yes, we do work in warm weather, and there are palm trees. But yes. it, it's seven days a week for a month and a half or more, uh, and it's you know, ten to twelve hour days every day. So uh, he, I would sit in center field filming. This was before we had cameras installed everywhere, and right. uh, so you'd have to sit out there and, and film the game, and. Uh, in, in Florida sun, it's, it's no matter how much sunscreen you put on, you're going to get tan if you're doing it for a couple of weeks in a row. So one day this one, this coach was upset for whatever, and he, he said to me, yeah, you, you look pretty tan for a video guy. I'm like, I've been sitting in center field for the last two weeks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wait, 97 with that? Well, beat, no, uh, we're not going to name All right, so all right. I can kind of guess that one. But, it was a little uh, later than 97. But yeah. And now now you're inside down in um, uh, spring training, right? Because yep. uh, down at Spectrum Field, there's an area similar to what we have here, right? Yes. Uh, I'm uh, an air-conditioned junkie, yeah, right. and I get my tan from fluorescent lights nowadays. So, yeah, I'm indoors. Right. Before we get to the replay, t- uh, I know you've had the opportunity to – 
meet a lot of uh, cool celebrities, especially in the in the rock world now. Yeah. Didn't you get on stage with? Didn't Raul take you on the stage for Pearl Jam? Huh. This, this was awesome. Yes, uh, that was over at the Camden Center, whatever it's called these days. Yep. But uh, BB&T. Yep, we were uh, on the side of the stage for one of their Pearl Jam shows, and that that was definitely awesome. Uh, even going back uh, earlier when David Bell was here, who's also great friends with Eddie Vedder. Um, we were at Veteran Stadium, and one day David came back at my office there, and he's like, "Hey, I have to ask you a favor. I got a, a guy here. Do you think I have to go for early BP? Do you think you can show him around?" I was like, "Sure. I, I had no, I had no idea who who it was." Next thing you know, around Ben, here comes Eddie Vedder. Right. So I'm like, "Oh my goodness, that's Eddie Vedder, right?" And this was back in you know '90, yeah. whatever, eight, nine, whatever, when Pearl Jam was really on top of the world, and. Uh, and, and next thing you know, I'm, I hung out with Eddie Vedder for like the next two and or three hours. isn't he the hours. coolest guy? Literally the most down-to-earth, normal. Because it's funny because Raul did the exact yeah, same like thing Raul. to me. Raul, and I just had this yeah. conversation with Raul last weekend. I said, you remember? I, he, I said, I, I, I told Raul, I said, I didn't know if you were messing with me or not because he did the same thing. He said, John, I got a friend of mine coming to the games, coming by himself. I left him tickets. I don't think he knows. He's never been in the Citizen Bank Park. Can you show him around? I said, yeah, give him my name or or give my give right. my name or I'll just give me his name. He said, um, I'll give you his name. His name's uh, Eddie Vedder. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> now, now, yeah, see, now a side note on Raul, uh, you know, he's also the guy when we were in Toronto one time, uh, great guy. Uh, we were going out to dinner. It was a bunch of us. Uh, we were off or whatever, had a day game, so we were able to go to dinner. He has this sushi restaurant up in Toronto that he always goes to. Uh, I love sushi, but there's certain things I don't eat, and it's just like for some one of the reason. weird squid stuff or eel. Yeah, or... some of it's mental, and other it's texture. And then for some reason, this one place served cow tongue. Okay. And uh, very I, salty. Uh, well, yes, it was. I said, Raul, regardless, I'm, I'm not eating cow tongue. I'm, I'm not doing it. It's disgusting. Da da da. So w- this was the type of place where you he frequented. So he would just walk in, and the guy, the the, the, the sushi guy, would just be ma- would bring food out. So lo and behold, uh, one of the things that was brought out that Raul said was something else was cow tongue, <laughs> and I ate it, and then <laughs> yeah, told you after snuck it right in there. Yeah, he, oh, he did. Then after, the, you know, <laughs> when we left, he's like, hey, you know, he started I don't know, showing me pictures of cows, and I'm like, what are you doing? He's like, you know, and then cow tongue, and <laughs> he's struck it in. So that's Raul. So. Well, you just throw a lot of wasabi uh, on there, yeah. and you're fine. Well, and, and, that, and that, Kevin, that's utterly ridiculous, uh, by geez. the way. It is, and, yeah. we, you know, he was just here for our events the other day, and he never does not bring it up. Oh, right. Of right? course. Oh, yeah. Of course. Now, well, not well, only did you uh, meet Eddie Vedder, but a more classic rocker, not only did you meet him, but you taught him how to play guitar, Brett Myers. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you got to tell me. Are you, tell sorry for, are you sorry for that? Yeah. yeah no. Look what, look what no. you've spawned. <laughs> look what you've spawned. I yeah. mean, uh, uh, so how did that come about? That You know, Brett and I hit it off when he, when he, came, when he got up here to the big leagues and uh, – you know, I I played for a while, and you know he uh, got ended up getting a guitar, and you know just, you know when we're on the road, there's a lot of dead time. Uh, so after games, we'd get together and and play, and I taught him a few things, and and to Brett's credit, he has taken off on it. Oh, he, he's, he's good. Yeah. He's good. He took it really seriously, yeah. and he put his time in, and practiced uh, beyond what I showed him, and. Um, if you have a chance to listen to his songs, they, they are they're good. Some are funny, funny good, and he's uh, making a name for himself. Right, he doesn't take himself seriously. It's awesome. I love it. Remember yeah. when Brett used to? He had his buddies that were in a band. They used to that we used to get play at McFadden's. But do you remember that? I like, do. Um, friend, they used to come up from Jacksonville and mm-hmm. play up there. And you know what I found out too that we brought um, uh, our boy, um, which uh, Derek Trucks. 
we took Derek Trucks into the mm-hmm. clubhouse, yeah, right? Yeah, remember and that. And so I'm introducing to the players, and I said, and Derek, this is Brett Myers. And all of a sudden it hits me. I said, uh, Brett, he's from, uh, Derek's from Jacksonville. And they said, what high school did you go to? They ended up going to the same high school. Same they were one school. year apart. Wow. They Derek didn't know Trucks, each other of course, then. from the Allman Brothers. From the Allman Brothers, right. yes. Uh, but how about that? Brett that's, Myers. It's such a small world. Yeah. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> uh, also, you met, speaking of Toronto, you also, didn't you meet Getty Lee up in Toronto? Yes. Now, this was a great story because. Uh, from Rush. From Rush. Getty Lee from Rush. All Sorry, right. you got to uh, fill in. Yeah. Yep. Not everybody right. knows some of these names. Right, yeah, right. Rob Especially Brooks, our producer, days. our engineer, doesn't know who Getty Lee is. <laughs> that's the words. That's the words of Rob's bro- Rob Brooks. That's Rob Brooks. Uh, yeah. So Bob McClure has known Getty from Rush. He's the lead singer, bass player, uh, keyboardist uh, for a long time, and we happen to be up there. And um, Getty goes big baseball fan, and he goes to a lot of the games. And uh, I, he was out there talking to Bob McClure, and you know, Bob told me, "Hey, come on out so you can meet him." And uh, it was definitely a highlight. Yeah. yeah another Hall of Fame. So who, who's the yeah. biggest? Maybe it was, maybe it was one of those, the guys you've mentioned. Who's the biggest non-baseball celebrity that you've met through your work? Heather Locklear. Is that right? Hey, me too. Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah, right. Remember, she was down here at the vet. It might have been for putting you, right? Putting the commercial. Right? Yeah, putting that commercial. Oh. Yeah, because did you film the fanatic and Heather together? Yes. Yeah. So yes. yes. Wow. That yeah, was something. That, that huh? was a great story because I, I remember um, saying, "Hey, can you, we were going I was getting my picture taken with her, and I'm, <laughs> I have I'm not really, uh, I don't know, shy and uh, starstruck." per se, but for, for that day I was, and uh, I was getting my picture taken with her, I made the joke to her, I was like, hey, can you, you know, make like you've known me, I'm going to be showing this to my wife, and she was like, oh, sure, she draped herself on me and snapped the picture, and I still have that picture. Ah, oh, good answer, by <laughs> it's the way. It's framed. You know, Eddie Vedder, who? You know, you got to go with the Heather. All right, yeah. so let's, let's go into, we, we mentioned the early part of your yes. career, but now a big part of your career, when Instant Replay came into baseball. Uh, that just kind of kind of puts your career in a, or, or your job in a whole different uh, light, and it's I got to tell you, man, that's that's a lot of pressure on you. Why don't you tell tell the listeners out there exactly what your what your role is with in regards to instant replay? So what ends up happening now is we MLB came in and installed a system in all the clubhouses, home and visiting at every ballpark, so everything is uniform. So uh, I have these monitors that have all these, uh, every camera feed basically from both networks on it, on them. So you can uh, choose which one is best for you for the situation. Um, So when a play happens that's questionable, uh, you automatically go and start to look at it and, you know, go under the hood with it, if you will, and and see, you know, if it's, uh, you know, something that needs to be looked at. Um, So... So you've got to pay attention to like every aspect of the game because you never know what play is going to be the one that they're going to call, right? Every time there's a hit and there's some, some, or a play at first base, or right? Yeah, every pitch, every hit, um, the plays at first base are the, uh, the number one uh, looked at challenge plays, you know, for obvious reasons. But um, there's a lot of different things like you know base running. Um, if there's a double, uh, you know, you always have to make sure the runner touch first base. Same with the triple, first and second. You know, uh, even silly things like, uh, you know, a home run shot from the opposing team. Did the guy touch every base wow, how about that? on the plate? Because one time that did happen. The Marlins, <laughs> in a Marlins game, not with us, uh, uh, the opposing team against the Marlins, a guy didn't touch one of the bases. Yeah. Uh, so crazy things like that can happen. Who's <laughs> making the phone call now? Rob Thompson. Rob Thompson makes a phone call to you. Right. right? So and then how long do you have to basically look under the hood and tell him whether you should challenge it or not? We try to turn things around in 10 seconds or less because we we don't have a lot of time so 
usually before he's calling, I'm already kind of looking at it because if you th if you think Rob is standing at the you know up in the dugout, so he actually has like two three seconds to walk to the phone to call me. That gives me two to three seconds. I don't answer on the first ring, maybe the second or third ring, and pick up. And hopefully, at that point, I have you know my opinion on what. Uh, a recommendation as to what we should do. A recommendation. And is it okay to err on the side of caution in terms of, um, uh, hey, it's pretty too close to tell, maybe if it went in doubt, challenge it kind of thing? Is that how you think? or Well, the, the one in doubt um, depends on the time of game. If it's mm. later in the game, uh, sixth, seventh inning, then mm. we'll challenge it. If it's something that's you know pretty close, uh, it's hard to tell. Right, uh, if the borderline call. Because yeah. once the eighth inning happens, if you've lost a challenge, you can request a challenge mm -hmm. uh, from the eighth and ninth inning. So, but if it's something in the first, second, third inning, you know, it's uh, you know, if, if at this point you have to kind of have some kind of feel as to uh, it, what will MLB say. Um, so I have a lot of dialogue with them up there uh, in New York, uh, in the main area of the replay center. Um, you know, yeah, whether I, there's enough evidence to overturn, right? Because it has to be. It's not necessarily whether it's a correct. It's really whether, right? Right. If you're asking it to be overturned, you got to make sure that it's clear evidence of that. There, there has to be clear evidence. So essentially, the way I look at all the plays, you have to remove logic. Meaning, well, logically, he's on the base there. It's like, can you see it? Then you have to remove emotion. I really want it to go our way, obviously, but if it's not there, you can't let that influence your decision. So, uh, yeah, there you have to be. There has to be a visual, clear evidence of what you're trying to show uh, for something to be to go your way. So, was Bo the bench coach when it first started? Yes. So that he doesn't have a lot of patience, right? No, that so, was. Uh, so what was that? What no, was that like picking uh, up the phone? And I'd love I, to be a bug on the wall, I would man. Too. I've been I to love, the top of the mountain with that. Uh, <laughs> and I say this lovingly because I love Bo. I and, love Larry Bo too. One of my we, favorites. And we've joked about it as recently as uh, last week. Uh, he he would be funny. Um, you know, I'd pick up the phone and he'd be like, "What do you got? Beep." You know, it's like asking me what I what I you know what I'm seeing and. I just be like, I'm, I'm working, I'm working on it, and you know, sometimes I, you know, be like, all right, and he'd be like, ah, oh, never mind, and I'd be like, Larry, it's not even our challenge, you know, and <laughs> right. you know, if, if it were a play that the other team's challenging, he wanted to know what it was going to be. So if it's a situation where I know it's not our challenge, I, you know, I have other things going on in the room, I might not go under the hood right away and uh, or at all. But then the phone would ring, and he'd be like, what, do, what is it? What do you got? And um, that that's where it would be like, you know, Larry, it's not even our challenge. And like, I just want to know. I'm like, all right, all right, all right. So it was, uh, it's funny. Did you ever hear the story with, uh, have we ever told the story on the podcast with the, uh, the first game of Citizen Bank Park? Uh, we had, you know, the, the, the bullpens up there. Obviously, the, we had the, the oh, first yeah. two games yes. at Citizen Bank Park where we had those exhibition games the Phillies against were on the, the Indians. Top level. We, against the Indians, right. So the right. First, remember that? Two exhibition games against the Indians. So we, on the first game, we were at the top level thinking that our guys would have the better view, mm -hmm. right, and let the visiting team down there. Well, back then, not only like the fans now can can lean over from Ashford Alley, but they could also come in from the side. Mm -hmm. They can't do it anymore from the side, but they could come over. Well, after that first game, our, our pitchers were getting just heckled. Like our own guys were getting heckled. Our right? own guys. And right? our guys said, look, I don't want to be up there. Let's let's take the lesser view. Yep. Let the other team get heckled, which makes sense, right? So for the second game, we switched the bullpen. So now we're on the bottom. The other team's on top. Well, uh, I guess one of our pitchers in the second game was getting rocked, and Bo is pretty pissed off, and he grabs a phone. He's like, get so-and-so warmed up. He's like, who? He goes, get so-and-so warmed up. 
and he's like, what are you talking about? And Larry thought the guy was like our Phillies guy, like being like, you know, being rude, <laughs> talking back to Larry. Larry's like, who's this? They forgot guy's to like, switch the phone it's, line. It's a Cleveland Indians oh, guy. Yeah. He's like, oh, sorry. Yeah, <laughs> Wrong they did. number. They, they forgot to switch <laughs> the phone lines. So, yeah. That's a great so, story. That's, yeah, that's been interesting. Uh, uh, all right. Yeah, um, you're, you're ready, right, John? Yeah, I just, uh, I, my last question for the, just the replay is, what, where, what moment was the most pressure you've ever felt on the replay based on the, the, the big, the game itself, or maybe it was whatever. What, 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 at what moment did you have the most pressure where you're like, oh man, I got, you know, cause I can't, he's a professional. He's taking emotion well, I know, out but I, of it. I can't even imagine like steel trap. I can't imagine like the playoffs, like world <laughs> series. Well, but what, what happens if it came down to a game seven world series? And it's like, uh, you know, the, it's like the lonely uh-huh. eyes are, you know, just, I know. Uh, I hope that happens because we're in the World Series. Right, right. But, um, uh, Do you have a moment where you felt like really like, oh man, this is? I don't. I, I, not that I can remember. I mean, they're all kind of you know tense because you know you obviously you don't want to make a mistake and mm-hmm. um, you know uh, I, I don't think I have one moment. I mean, they're all kind of there. I, you know, uh, you know we've we've had challenges in the first inning of a you know a game early in the season that maybe didn't go our way. And, you know, you sit there for the next seven innings, go praying nothing happens. Mm. Right. So yeah, they're, really. they're all kind of, um, do you get you know, heckled like by, by, you know, like, I don't know the coaching staff or anybody like, dude, what are you doing? You're on a O for four streak or something. It does happen. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, yeah there's nowhere to hide. Yeah, right. It happens. All right. Uh, I told you there's a quiz. Yeah. Oh, you got we quiz, do. Are you ready for the quiz, Tom? How many uh, questions? Uh, eight questions. Oh, eight boy. questions. Eight I, questions, and it's all areas of your expert, your own expertise. Oh boy! And it's multiple choice. I don't test well. So. No, you'll do well here. <laughs> multiple choice. That's why he's working here. He doesn't exactly. test well. So, Tom, what do you think? He needs to get six, uh, five, six out five, of the eight. Six. Oh God! Right. It's it's his life, so we should get six out of the eight. And what does he win? Does he, does he win that uh, the 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 Valley Forge and Monco Tourism Aaron Nola bobblehead doll, which is given away to all fans on Sunday. That's exactly what he's going to win. Even though he's going to get one anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I was getting paid for this. For the Aaron <laughs> Nola bobblehead. Kid. All right, you have eight questions. Okay, oh, there we go. And let's go. We got Kevin Camisholi with eight questions. Okay, first one. You did. Uh, you were basically uh, a longtime resident of Avalon, right? Okay. Right. Yes. 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 Okay. Okay. Uh, Is that one right? Who 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 never resided in Avalon out of these four? Okay. Uh, at any time, could be summertime, could be full full year, but but it had a home there and, and spent quality time. Uh, a. Joe Paterno. B. Charles Nelson Riley. C. Ed McMahon. <laughs> Ed McMahon. <laughs> The face on Kevin's face. Yes. Uh, C. Ed McMahon. D. Tim Kerr. Which would you, which uh, would you go Tim with? Tim Kerr has a race named after him. Uh, Ed McMahon lived on uh, 18th Street. 18th Street. And Joe Paterno, one day I was walking down the street because I worked at Uncle Bill's, and here he came, and I was like, hey, coach. And he goes, hey. And just kept walking. So, <laughs> so whoever number so B, Charles letter B Nelson is. So Charles Nelson Riley from Match Game 76, as you're going to say. And okay. that is correct. Uh, that, <laughs> that is correct. Charles Nelson Riley. No right. soupy sales this week. Right, Hold on. Ahead. I oh, haven't boy. gotten through Oops. my quiz. Go ahead. Number two. Oh, During the fall of 1982, Spinal Tap embarked on a U.S. tour to support the release of their new album. What was the title of the new album? Was it A, Ride the Lightning, B, Firing in All Six, C, The Number of the Beast, or D, Smell the Glove? Smell the Glove. Smell the Glove is correct. Nice. Yes. Uh, you know, uh, Bobby Fleckman's description. You know, <laughs> Bobby Fleckman. Yes, the most, hostess with the mostest. All right, number three. Which comedy legend has a recurring role as Frank Dunphy, Phil Dunphy's dad on Modern Family? 
Okay, is it John Cleese, Fred Willard, Christopher Guest, Soupy Sales? One of them's no longer on this earth. Uh, can you say that again? John Cleese, Fred Willard, Christopher Guest, and Soupy Sales. I, you know, uh, I won't get this. I, I watched the show. I just don't know the character's name. That's okay. Uh, this guy was on Fernwood you tonight. Wanna use, you want to use me as you a lifeline? You can use uh, Tom as a lifeline, yes. yes. Fred Willard. Fred Willard is correct. Bang. Uh, yes. We uh, helped him out there. Freddy. Remember from Fernwood tonight yeah, and, and yeah, other yeah. things. All right. I know you're a fan of forgetting Sarah Marshall, Boy. right? Mm-hmm. You may have forgotten your resume and your videotapes, but you're not going to forget this one. In forgetting Sarah Marshall, Sarah is dating musician Algis Snow, right? Right. What is the name of the band that he fronts? Is it Pink Talking Fish? Is it Worldly Love? Is it Fun Loving Nuns? Or is it Infant Sorrow? Infant Sorrow. Infant Sorrow is correct. You know, by the way, nice. Pink Talking Fish is a real band. They do cover songs of Pink Floyd, Talking Heads, and Fish. <laughs> is that by like the way, that? yes. Coming okay. to Ardmore Music Hall wow. in yeah. November. Oh, that didn't. I, I think I might be there. This is a paid advertisement. All right. Yes. Yes. It Wait. Is. They're getting paid. All right. You are four. For, you're four for four, right? I thought they were just doing bar mitzvahs. All right. What? 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 I actually I saw another one. Armor Music Hall. It was Talking Heads and David Bowie cover band, yeah. and they switched outfits and switched mus, uh, musical wow. instruments. For the people that were, whoever's the lead singer of Talking Heads, then switched outfits and became the drummer for for, <laughs> for the David, David Bowie. Bowie. So whatever. Oh, All right. Number five. What country were Malcolm and Angus Young from? Australia. Uh, uh, hold on. What, when were they? Where were uh, they born? Born. You could say yeah. Australia because Australia is A. New Zealand is B. Scotland is C. And Wales is D. Ooh, threw a little curveball in there. Uh, maybe I'm just trying to psych you out because you said Australia right from get to go, right. and I want you to think it's something else, or maybe I'm not. Did you say Australia? I did say Australia. Okay. Australia, New Zealand, Scotland, yes, or Wales? Australia. Uh, it is incorrect. They were born uh, in Scotland. Scotland. Oh, and I would have yeah. said New Zealand. Yeah. How about that? All right, you oh, got one wrong. All right. Dang it. Jimmy Page, you said you were a big Led Zeppelin fan. Uh-oh. Uh, did you know that Jimmy Page uh, played rhythm guitar uh, on a Who classic? Did you know that? On a Who classic. He was the guitarist. Is it I Can't Explain, Baba O'Reilly, Magic Bus, or My Generation? I can't explain. I can't explain is correct. Wow. Look at that. Nice. Good stuff. All right. You mentioned that, that you're one. very, you spent a lot of quality time with Chase Utley. Uh, you pr- probably both didn't really speak very much. <laughs> Not exactly the most verbose guys, right? Uh, so somehow you must have found this out. What is Chase Utley's middle name? Is it A, Cameron, B, Alvin, C, Roosevelt, D, Jackson? Oof. Uh, a? A is Cameron. Yeah, Cameron. Correct. Yeah, that is correct. He's got it. All right. That. The last, so, man, you're on yeah, a, I think you already qualified, in, but, uh, but you still have to get this, this bonus question, oh. okay? Uh, eight, you mentioned Brett Myers. You mentioned that he's a rock star, a country star, right? So the question is, which is not a song written by former Phillies pitcher Brett Myers? The one song that's not a song that was written by Brett Myers. Do you know Brett the Brett Myers, Myers catalog? Okay? Is, it, <laughs> is it A, Yoga Pants? B, baptized in gasoline. C, kegerator. D, Bubba shot the jukebox. I'll go with B. No, it's D. It's Bubba shot the jukebox. And you did very well. Yeah, you went six that? for eight. You qualified and you won the Valley Forge Tourism and Monco, Monco Tourism. Aaron Noll no, bobblehead I'm, giving all nice fans job, on Kevin. Sunday Thank when you. we play the Padres at 105. How about that? That's Dig. That's, I don't know. It made my day. <laughs> <laughs> it has. Kevin, thanks for joining us. 
I appreciate it. This has and, been a lot of fun. Uh, I still, li- I know you're the decider, but I'm an opposition man, guys. So replay no, he, man. He's the decider. Well, that's what I mean. I know that this, that this, he's the decider, but replay man has a little bit of cachet too. What do they so. call you on the on the team? <laughs> there are a lot. Of, yeah, I, a lot of I guess things. there are a lot of things. Uh, we didn't even get to Charlie Manuel because I knew you had a close hey, relationship hey, yeah, with Charlie back. as well. Chuck's back. Hey. Chuck is back. What did, what did Charlie say to you? Hey, hey, Kev, hey, you know, uh, we we gonna get some coffee, Kev. Hey, you know, <laughs> you know, hey, hey. Like I said, we're going to hit. We're going to hit. <laughs> nice. That's good. Gotcha. Ah, beautiful. Well, thank you, Kevin. Thanks for bringing your Charlie Manuel impersonation uh, to us. Um, Rob Brooks, you are the man. And, uh, John, you're not quite the man, but uh, it was a good quiz, actually. You, you kind of threw that one together pretty well. You have thank to you very much. Nice work. Appreciate and, that. And uh, we will see everybody next time. In the meantime, we'll see you at the ballpark. Thank you, guys. Backstage with the going Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.